Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up, publishing industry? This is Steven, your host with Phantology Podcast. I have my lifelong friend Josh here with me, and we're talking about the book Yellowface by R.F. Kuang, which came out earlier this year and was quite the sensation, at least on Book Talk. And, um, and R.F. Kuang was on like the time top 100 list. Her career's really taken off. We've been reading her other, we've read all of her other books, and they've all been fantasy. And we've obviously, you know, covered that on Phantology. This is just a pure work of fiction, no fantasy elements to it. And usually that is not something we cover on the channel, but you know, it's the end of the year and we read the book and feel like there's a good amount to talk about. So here we go into fiction. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and just a little, you know, uh, disclaimer up at the top. Uh, this book is called Yellowface. You somehow haven't made that connection. It is because it deals with a lot of themes of racism of a white woman like a pro uh, culturally appropriating basically taking over an asian woman's identity in a lot of ways i mean without getting too much into spoilers that's basically where it gets its name though is is mm -hmm. um that's the general outline of the book and we and we can give our spoiler free thoughts and then our spoiler thoughts later on but you know obviously as two white men we don't really have a ton to say in terms of the like uh discrimination based on racism in terms of like actual um, personal experience with it. So take what we have to say, you know, with that theme of the book with a grain of salt, but it is a major theme of the book. So we're going to be discussing it. Yeah. So obviously we're going to come at it from our perspective. And, you know, if you're not interested in that, I think that's totally fair because uh, maybe you could just say, you know, stay in your lane. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like we enjoyed the book enough and we review books. So, you know, here we go. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> nice. Uh, spoiler, spoiler free thoughts, I guess we should yeah. start with. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. Yeah. So uh, some background for me, I actually bounced off uh, Poppy War. I read Poppy War, but I didn't read the, I bounced off the second book pretty early on into it. Okay. Um, so I actually haven't finished that. Oh, really? You never did? No, I, 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 I mean to, I oh, think I on, read Josh. it. In, in the, in the primer, I talked about how big of fans we are. I, I didn't want to correct you. I didn't <laughs> want to correct you up at the top. Okay. Well noted. <laughs> but I, well, I think it is kind of interesting because it was a little bit too dark for me. I think I read it in between the first and second trilogy of Abercrombie's work. Uh, so I, I was just mm -hmm. kind of a lot of dark books and well, Abercrombie, there's like, like a lot of hopeful undertones in some ways there wasn't really in at least up through like the first and second half of the second book of that trilogy. I don't know. It mm. just got to be a lot for me. So I DNF'd it. I don't know how much I would agree with hopeful undertones in Abercrombie's books, but at least there's like humor and like some light. Maybe that's what I would say. There's there's some hopefulness. There's I don't know some, not a lot. <laughs> I, okay, discussion for Josh, another time. Josh is quite the optimist. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's. But yeah, anyway, we'll so so what I'm trying to say is I I bounced off of Poppy War, but I I think that um, I put Babel 
as my top book of 2022. Yeah, no, that was a huge, that was a huge hit last year. Yeah, I really, really liked it. So my kind of experience with uh, Rebecca Kwong has been kind of, I don't want to say all over the place because I I did think Poppy War was like well-written and a good book. I'm not saying it was bad. I just, for Mm -hmm. me at the time I was reading it, I DNF'd it. Anyway, so I came into this book a little bit, like not sure what I was going to think of it. Yeah, I'd say probably the same. I, I, I guess I'm a bigger fan of her previous books than you were. And obviously this is a different genre. We, I mean, we have read like other genres, like to make sure people understand that, but we mostly do fantasy on the channel. And so it was kind of fun to read something different. And also like, as far as non-spoiler thoughts, this book reads really quickly and is really compelling and somewhat addicting. Like a lot of times when I'm listening to books, I kind of plan the listening around other things that I'm doing. So I'm not just like only sitting there and listening, but uh, I, I did listen to this audiobook, and I was like so into it that there were times where I just kind of like wanted to sit there and listen and hear what happened next. Interesting. You didn't feel the same? <laughs> uh, yes and no. For me, the book started stronger than it finished. And obviously we'll get into spoilers, but I think around the halfway point, I kind of lost a lot of interest in it. That makes mm. sense. And so I, and I have definite reasons for that, but I don't want to get into them until a spoiler, until the spoiler section. I I feel like I know what you're going to say. And I think I, if it's what I'm thinking, I do agree. There was kind of a bit of a, bit of a slog slash like real repetitive part in about the middle that I was like, okay, you know, let's get on with the story. Cause I was really interested in in the story and seeing what happened with the whole, cause it's very compelling and interesting situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's well. That's how I want to get into. I, I think it starts off interesting, and then I think it gets. I think it overplays its hand almost. And I think we can get more get into that more when we do talk about spoilers. But I do agree. Largely, it is a very uh, fast paced story. the The pacing is good, um, in a lot of ways. It's short. I mean, I'm not your page count, but I think it was like what ten hours or so long. Yeah, I think it's the like audiobook. under three hundred. So yeah, really so, short for what we usually read. Yeah, for sure. And it's got some interesting themes. Like certainly this will be discussed a lot across social media and in a lot of different for a lot of different reasons. Um heavy themes of race, obviously, um heavy themes of social media and just like the publishing industry in general and it kind of, you know, made me wonder what things are really like, like how much of this situation that's portrayed, like how real is this to how things go down in the publishing industry. I assume some is real. Some is obviously, you know, going to be exaggerated for effect. But I I mean, I'm guessing kind of like at the top of the charts where these, where the fictional book in uh, Yellowface ends up going, there's probably a ton of this. And authors are, I've always thought authors are in an interesting position because they are almost like social media celebrities when they put their names on books and lots of people read the books and want to discuss the books, but they're not celebrities in the same way that, you know, like athletes or, uh, or actors and actresses are mm. because, you know, they're, well, I mean, for the most part, like they're not, I think super, it is a lot more highly paid. Like some are, yeah, but it's, sure. you know, there's a very, there's the comparative earnings to the, you know, tens, hundreds of million dollars, uh, contracts that athletes get and, and whatever, you know, actors and actresses are paid. Again, probably similar, like in, in 
in Hollywood, the top get a lot and everyone else kind of gets a medium amount. But I just think that authors are interesting because there's a few that probably kind of make it big and then everyone else is kind of floating around and their names are out there and everyone wants to discuss them in social media. But I think they just kind of like sit in their houses and write books for the most part. Like, yeah. 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 It's kind of like I, a, I a different that. type of celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that they are a lot bigger on, on internet and like, and even within like the kind of bookish community, there's like such different like subcultures, like based on like Goodreads, you know, like there's people that make their living mm-hmm. on Goodreads basically. Like if they're in, and then there's people that make their living on Twitter, basically, as an author, like marketing through Twitter, marketing through Goodreads, marketing on TikTok, marketing on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it really is. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And as we were reading this, there's the whole drama. I, I had to Google the name with like Kate Corrine or something about how she was leaving bad yeah. reviews on her on other uh, first time authors books and stuff like that. So it was kind of interesting to read while this real life drama was going on, but it, it also for me kind of uh, pointed out how accurate and outlandish some parts of this book were like how accurate that this person, Kate Coring, not trying to defend what she did at all, but like her entire career was basically destroyed by like one dumb decision that was like way less dumb than the decisions that the character in this book makes. You know what I mean? Mm, Like, right. Way less harmful, I, sh- I should say, and and I guess in a lot of ways they're not really similar. But I, I would say that the leaving bad comments on people's other other people's books is like pretty bad and like a dumb thing to lie about and like deserves some scorn. But like, mm-hmm. I would say it's a it's objectively like less bad than yeah, what happens in this than book. what happens in this book. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, not, I'm not like trying to get into the position where I'm like defending what this person did. But like, also, it does show how fast like her career just like blew up, um, and like she's not going to be an author anymore because of mm-hmm. a dumb decision that she made when she was, you know, breaking into the industry, which is largely what this book is about. So I did think it was an interesting mm-hmm. comparison. Yeah, and I guess we're kind of getting into spoilers, so we'll just say that that's happening now. If you haven't read Yellowface, that sounds like I liked it a little bit more than Josh. I think it's something that you can easily get through, and there's lots of interesting ideas. Uh, but, you know, maybe some things to think about for yourself and not just like take it all at face value. Nice. Okay. Getting yeah. spoilers. Yeah. So which part of the book uh, kind of lost it for you? Was it the part where she gets real deep into social media and it kind of slogs around for a while? Or she's just like going in Twitter loops and, and doom scrolling? Yeah, pretty much. I think what really, when it really lost it is, is, that part of the book where it, it makes it abundantly clear that she doesn't really have any remorse for what she did and that she just becomes a worse and worse person over it. Mm-hmm. I thought it just got, it, it got a lot less compelling for me when she ended up just being a really bad person, I guess. That's kind of, that is not something specifically that I thought of, but I, I kind of agree with what you're saying now. For me, I think the book like could have been so much more interesting if a few angles of the characters were explored more mm-hmm. like for June specifically, what you just said, I think is, is a good call out. Like she, there is really like, and not that like she needs to be defensible, but there is nothing that you could possibly say by the end that like makes it okay. But she could have been like, yeah, showed some remorse or like had some shreds of being a good person. And maybe that would have been a more compelling story, Yeah, but that's just like not there at all. 
and maybe that's kind of like what we're going for here. I think the the point of the whole thing is that Athena's work is stolen, right? And she's just like the silent voice and she kind of represents, you know, like Asian American authors at times, right? And that's, I, I'm assuming that's what RF Wong is going for in this story. And I, I, I can assume that because I kind of scrolled through um, some posts that she made and she said something to that effect. So I, I hope that I'm accurately representing that. Mm-hmm. But I do think the story could have been more interesting if June was more balanced and also if Athena was more balanced. I feel like Athena could have been explored more because I don't know like what I'm, what I'm, uh, what am I supposed to think about Athena because she was kind of developed a little bit and like she was also she was like this kind of raised privileged snotty rude up and coming author but at the same time like we obviously feel really bad for her because she died and her work was stolen but at the end of the book like I don't really know like, I feel like that could have been built out more her background yeah so a few a few kind of thoughts and and a little bit of uh, story time from Josh on this one. Um, I think I've told you the story before soon. I don't know if I've ever shared it publicly, but okay. um, there's one time when I, I was, it was when I was serving a mission and we we're walking down the street and we look over and we see this guy um, that had been like passed out or that was passed out on his lawn. And so, you know, we go over and make sure he's okay. And he's like, not okay. He's clear. He's like unconscious. So we call emergency services and they, uh, and I start CPR, we like get his tongue cleared out. Anyway, he really sad. He ends up dying while we were there, like while we were giving him CPR and like, it was really traumatic. And like, I don't, while we were there, his family, somebody from his family, like pulled up, like I, I didn't even talk to them. We just like left um, once the emergency services got there and they didn't ask us any questions. It was kind of strange, but like, I just walked like was in a haze for like the rest of the day and i didn't know this person at all it would be like i'm sure way worse if it were a friend right mm-hmm. so like looking back like on that experience i think it was like depicted pretty accurately and like you could totally do something that you would never ever consider doing in a moment like that at least like i could see myself like doing something that i would never like if you were to say to tell me that I would just like walk away from somebody who's just like grieving and now the person will like never get the story of how the person died because like i left without thinking about talking to them like that's a pretty objectively like kind of immoral thing to do right i wouldn't think that would be the type of person that would do that and Mm -hmm. i did and so the fact that she like went through this like traumatic experience and took this manuscript i think it's like believable and so it started off like and maybe that's uh it's unfair for me to like put this like similarly like personal experience that i went through like on this book and then build my foundation for my opinions off of it like it's pretty unique but nonetheless, that's like the experience I had reading it. And so like, I, it started I mean, off, you felt like there was some feeling of shock. Yeah, some around, feeling of, yeah. Right. Like some feeling of believability that like in mm-hmm. the hours and even days after that, she like kind of went through this whole initial process. That was like super, super compelling to me. And I really liked it. And then it just like, and even up through like sending off the manuscript and like maybe even like publishing the initial book, I think like, that's like somewhat justifiable just based on like the severe, like shock and like trauma that she went through, Mm -hmm. but then like continuing to like double, 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 double down and like deluding yourself into thinking that what she did was okay. It just like lost me. You know what I mean? And then like being so self-righteous about it. Like if you just came forward and you're like, you know, 
like there's so many times for her to come clean and like say, hey, I did this. It was dumb. This here's the original work that she did. Here's the work that I did to improve or to finish it off, you know, tell that to the publisher, tell that to the world. I think she would like that's I think a lot of people would understand a situation like that. Instead, it just kind of like took the I don't know if I want to say laziest route, but like it just continued to make her a worse and worse person to where at that by the ending of the book, you just didn't she had no redeeming qualities. I think I mean, I feel like the book presents reasons for what she did at each step. And like you said, through the first bit where she gets the manuscript and she writes and she feels like, you know, this is her calling or whatever to finish the book. And she's like legitimately not thinking about what's going to happen next. And she publishes it and all of that. Like, yeah, I I agree. I felt like along the way, you're kind of wondering like, okay, where's this going to go? Like, this is obviously getting kind of icky, but at the same time, like, she's in this weird state and like maybe it kind of makes sense i don't know but and and then yeah she just totally becomes a very bad person but it's almost like the nature of the publishing industry and the career that she's in like that was kind of what pushed her at each moment like she thought you know this is my this is my way and she'd been rejected for all those years before and she felt like if she came clean then she would blow it again and she would have nothing that was her whole life basically was her fame, her appeal, her status as a writer. And she would do anything to not lose. Yeah. I, 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 I get that. And like, I think that the book does do a good job of like making you believe that that was her only like priority in life. But the point is that that made her a, a bad person with not really any redeeming qualities. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and at times, you're right. She was trying to justify that it was because of the publishing industry, because of these maybe systemic factors that like she wasn't able to get into have having the career that she wanted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, they they make it look like she was she could have maybe trucked along being like a like we, kind of an author like we talked about at the beginning where, you know, maybe they never make it huge, but they're able to maybe, you know, not have a day job or or at least have like a decent you know, side income and, and had it be a fulfilling part of her life instead of a part of her life that took over and consumed, consumed her and made her and, you know, into a terrible person. Yeah. Every step she tried to justify it. And each time that happened as the reader, you're feeling worse and worse about this until finally, like there is nothing you can possibly say. And I think maybe that point comes for at a different spot for different readers I, I don't remember exactly when I was feeling that way, but yeah, she gets very consumed in it. The whole part, the whole part where she's just like going around in social media, doom scrolling and trying to, uh, you know, continually cover things up and all that. Like that lost me a bit. I thought it was just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the, how to describe but, it. No, it just, it just made you realize for me that part that she she wasn't interested in being a good person. She was only yeah. interested in getting away with it. She was basically just a self-interested psycho. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah. That's it. Like, and that's what that part of the book really made me realize. And then nothing redeemed it to the point where at the very end, she's mm-hmm. like talking about like, oh, how am I going to, you know, spin this into making this other person that also yeah. might have been a little, a little bit of a psycho, you know, into, right, right, right. Uh, into an equal villain as me. You know what I mean? And mm. that was how the book ended. And it's like, there's no self-reflection of like, maybe I should just go be an accountant 
they don't care. You know, like if, if I go get my accounting degree, a firm is going to hire me and I can right. make a perfectly good living wage as an accountant because they won't give a crap that I was a, a author that I, maybe I'm, I'm sure that, you know, <laughs> it might be a little bit harder because she did become a household name kind of there, but like she could go do perfectly fine in a field that was not related to publishing. And she seemed like a smart enough person to be able to do. Yeah. I think maybe what both of us may be missing is some, you know, some com- compulsory, compulsory, yeah, desire to become an author and like get your name out there and put it on a book and like bestow the world with your ideas. It sounds like, I mean, it definitely sounds like uh, Rebecca Kwong is kind of writing from that perspective and maybe that's her background and that's what she's seen in interacting with a bunch of authors in the industry. So yeah, the fact that like neither one of us is like super passionate career driven in that way, maybe it seems like really weird that she wouldn't just kind of like back it off after long enough and and become, you know, a redeemable person in some way rather than fully commit to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. And, and and obviously that just isn't the direction that that yeah. she went with the character. But I, I mean, I think there's enough interesting ideas here. Where maybe the book about the appropriation, right? The cultural appropriation of the work and all that, like those are really interesting ideas. Maybe it would have been more interesting if the villain was not a psychopath and instead was kind of like a normal-ish person, yeah. right? And then we have to maybe like think about the consequences of, right. you know, we've still got this race issue, but this person is like, has some sympathy for what's going on is like realizing they've made a mistake, but at the same time, like, we've got to still deal with this problem of like, okay, this person's like kind of good, but they've made this horrible mistake. And it's like this, yeah. this big cultural racial thing. Like how do we justify this? And maybe that's a more interesting story than this person's a psycho and this is terrible and we should never do this. Like exactly. obviously we should never yeah. do this. And and I think that that's what I, the story I thought we were getting for the first half of the book mm. is the story of a good person or at least like a person who's trying to be good that makes some mistakes Kind of the the story I thought we were getting in the first half of the book was oh what was that one Beatles movie where the person uh, wakes up and the world had never heard of the Beatles and he writes all their he like performs um, all their songs and what's the name it's it's a lyric of yesterday it's a lyric oh. of their lyric yeah yesterday is it yesterday yeah 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 it, that's the story I thought we were getting right and that that movie I feel like in terms of the publishing and profiting off of somebody else's works. I think that that movie explored those themes in a much better way. And it's been like five years since I've seen that movie or whenever it came out, mm. I watched it when it came out and haven't gone back since, but like, I feel like that movie kind of pre- explored those themes and kind of a more realistic, well, I don't know if realistic is the right word, but a better way and more enjoyable. More way. uplifting. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, more lighthearted. And, yeah. yeah. So I thought that that's the story we were getting. And then it, it wasn't, it was just a story of a bad racist uh, person who didn't have any qualms about about screwing other people over Mm -hmm. getting her comeuppance yeah yeah like maybe themes of racism are more interesting to explore when it's like two kind of good people that get into a situation like because there's a lot of good people in the world that deal with racism right in different ways and like i think those are more interesting conversations we could be having kind of so maybe we're ready for like a next level conversation of like we're still good people and we have kind of underlying racism things that we need to deal with. Yeah. So let me say, say I don't know if I said that well, but you know, no, no, yeah. I, I, I get what you mean. So two, two thoughts on that. 
One is that I think Rebecca Kwong explored this even better in Babel, where these people that thought that they yeah. were racist had to deal with confronting that they did have a lot that they did have these racial racist tendencies and prejudices. Right. That book explored that theme a lot in a lot better way, I feel like, than this book. And even some of those characters, I don't want to spoil that book, but even some of those characters did end up being bad people. But I, I, I don't want to spoil that. Just go read that book. I feel like it handled mm-hmm. these themes in a better way. Having said that, I did, I was watching a review by, let me give the with Cindy, it looks like is the YouTuber's name, who is, uh, I think, Asian American, and I think in the publishing industry as well. Mm-hmm. And I think she was actually referenced kind of uh, vaguely in the in Oh, the book. no, I, I watched yeah. this review as well. You watched this yeah. review? But uh-huh. but she she did so she did go through and did you do you watch that part of the video where she went through and just pulled out like five or six of the like super kind of racist things that mm-hmm. that the narrator or that June Juni had set June June anyway, June had said, yeah. June had said and like it did even catch me off guard of being like I don't remember that sounding as racist when it happened in the book <laughs> you know what I mean. But then when you're like confronted mm-hmm. with it, like over and over and over, you do, you're are, are like, dang, that she was a really bad and racist person. Yeah. And so even for me, just like knowing that that's what that book is about and trying to be aware of it. I, no, I, yeah, I, I think, it, yeah, I agree with that. I think I had a similar experience. And I, I, I agree that that is a little eye opening to realize like, you know, this situation is like maybe way worse then I first realized when I was reading through it and that probably does kind of, you know, shed a light on where we're coming from. Plot wise. I, I also just, it, it kind of lost some steam for me. And, and what I was referring at the very beginning is I kind of stopped caring that she was going to get busted when I realized that she was a bad person. I, I was kind of, I was rooting for it. And I don't know if that's what I want it to feel. I mm-hmm. kind of want it to feel like I, um, Kind of was hoping she would get away with it, which is kind, kind of how of it like, was the first yeah, half of the book. You're yeah. kind of like wanting it to be resolved for her good somehow, because almost like, you know, the main character, you always kind of cheer for the main character. Like even in the Mark Lawrence books, when Jorg is like the worst person in the world, you have this like weird compulsion to like hope that things work out well for him. Yeah, and it's almost like you spend time in someone's head enough and you cheer for them, even if they're horrible. Yeah. And so that's how it was for maybe the first half of this book. And then I was just like, no, just screw it. I want this person to get caught. You know what I mean? I want them to get all these bad things happening to them. Uh-huh. And, and and so that kind of took away some of the, uh, I just lost the word, but like the excitement of seeing if she's going to get away with it or not. I just wanted uh-huh. her to ca- get caught and see bad things happen to her after after a certain point. So you weren't necessarily like super invested in the thematic payoff at the end because you're just like okay i i've got it three-fourths of the way through let's just see what happens here yeah kind of yeah Mm, i think that's fair i think another interesting thing that and when i was saying i I feel like athena could have been developed more and this gets pointed out a lot in that review that you mentioned was i feel like they also really could have explored more of like the socioeconomic uh, differences and backgrounds of these two women and like the you know the privilege that Athena came from her education and background and and money and how easily she was able to rocket up the list and and obviously you know she had other obstacles that are very heavily explored but it just kind of like touches on these differences where June didn't really have very much and Athena had a ton and Athena was more probably more naturally talented 
as well. But I feel like the book also could have been more interesting if it went into more of these, you know, this, this idea of like some authors that make it are the ones that are set up to succeed. And the reasons why are they're super well-educated and they come from backgrounds that just like naturally mean that they have more time to write because they don't have to worry about putting food on the table. Like yeah. that would be interesting to hear more about, but that, I was just like briefly touched on and, you know, June's kind of mad about it every now and then, but it's never really and, a big thing. Even kind of undercut by the fact that June was still like a fairly privileged position. Like it, I think it mentioned that her family like was able to pay for a lot of her education at like, what was it? Yale that she went to or Stanford. Yeah, I don't remember which school, but yeah, like June was like, also like, you know, middle if class. It, no, <laughs> we have this debate all the time. If your family is paying for your education. Well, okay, at like upper school, middle class. If your family is paying for an education at <laughs> Ivy League school, you're upper class. Was that they were paying for I think her, it said. I it think was. it said that she had that. Um, I think it okay. made a comment that like between uh, saving money for her to go to pay for her time at Yale and such and such. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a lot of. I remember money. she had like, student. She had student debt though. She oh, for sure she? had student debt. Okay. Because oh yeah, she did. She after did. getting the money like You're from right. her books, like she wrote off yeah. all of her student debt. So yeah, yeah. maybe they contribute to. I don't remember the details, but yeah, like she is certainly coming from a yeah. a good a good position, but yeah, at least middle like, class to upper middle class. Yeah, but not yeah. you know super upper levels that Athena was yeah she's from. exactly she's not going around at, at uh, going to different board the best boarding school schools across the world mm -hmm. but that's what I mean like that that kind of seems like a weird way to play like if you're going to look at it through that lens because it's like you're comparing like one like kind of like fairly privileged person to like another extremely privileged person you know what I mean it's like eh, would it be more interesting would it be a better comparison to compare somebody that's having to work a job to support their family while they're in high school because their parents got sick and couldn't work. You know what I mean? And so I I don't know. So the, the only way that they were found out was by a college professor seeing like a creative writing sample that they submitted. And then that's how they got discovered. You know what I mean? Like that would be a more interesting dynamic if you're going to examine like the socioeconomic mm. impact versus privileged to more privileged, I guess. Yeah. It just never really becomes a big thing but it feels yeah. like it should be feels like it could be yeah but but maybe again you're not you're not focusing it on it if you're junior if you're coming from junior's perspective because like you're uh maybe you know in the back of your hand, mind that you actually did have enough opportunities to make it mm -hmm. and you just weren't talented enough seems like june is a crappy enough person where like she would take every little slight and just you know make yeah. it into a huge thing yeah okay i mean it gets touched on but it's not it just yeah. feels like it it feels like for the character June is, she should have made it into a bigger thing. And I don't even feel like it's the money aspect that gets touched on. It's more of like the, like the cosmopolitan, like um, upper classness that gets touched on versus like the actual mm. opportunities that like versus the yeah. actual nitty gritty. She just kind of felt like she never had the opportunities and she didn't really ever belong in yeah. the top tier of all these, you know, snooty writers basically. Yeah. I mean, th there were... A lot of interesting things. I thought the, you know, the way the publishing industry was explored was really interesting. Obviously, there are, you know, it gets into a lot of different slides that authors of minority backgrounds go through. And I thought, I thought that was really, you know, kind of eye opening and interesting to see like people. And it really hammered this theme home of you know, a lot of times people say, you know, because of, you know, equal opportunity laws and et cetera, like 
we see more minority things being pushed, blah, 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 right? And like, what a fallacy that is, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, we need the one minority book this month to push, right? And so I, I, I enjoyed seeing that highlighted. I think that is something that I'm always kind of annoyed at hearing about people complaining, like, you know, honestly, like, really, you know, this like anti-racism, whatever uh, card that people like to play, that's really stupid. And I'm glad that that was, you know, really kind of blown up in this book. I, I like that. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. It's kind of like the Black History Month when every other month is White History Month. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And for whatever reason, you know, a lot of white people focus it on this and feel like they're like being attacked for some reason because other yeah. minorities are being highlighted. And it's just the dumbest thing. And, you know, before when I said like, oh, I think everyone understands racism is bad. I feel like a lot of people listening that are minorities would be like, uh, I don't feel that way. And, you know, that's probably true because I think like at a surface level, people say that, but do they really like understand well, that, you know? And, and that's what this really book does care. do well is like, would you, you know, June would not say that she was racist, right? Right. She would be like, right. absolutely, I'm not racist. I voted for Joe Biden or wait, what was, yeah. I voted for Hillary, was Biden, I forget when this. I feel like she said. I feel like she said Biden. Like she said, maybe maybe she said Obama. I don't know, or Clinton, or something. Anyway, she would be like, "Oh, I I voted. I'm a Democrat. I I donate to you know anti racism. Like, or she had her like right, yeah, charity. She does her like little token appearances. Yeah, you know, she like tries. Yeah, and she knows what to say. You know, like there is some valid input of like, okay, well, why can't a white person write about these? Um, aspects of of history right like that that is like a valid conversation to have like should you be able to approach a subject or should you not be able to approach a subject because you're white like obviously and that's another interesting conversation you know but mm -hmm. the fact is that she deludes herself into thinking like oh well i can't like i should be able to do this even though i'm white versus i didn't have the ability to do it and i had to steal from somebody that had that ability because right. of their background you know what I mean? And she never like reconciles herself that with herself that like she was not able to come up with the story because she did not have the experiences necessary to come up with that story. And it would almost require somebody like an Asian person that has had those experiences to come up with that story. And she never like gets that through her head, I guess. And just instead falls back on the line of like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. should a white person be excluded from being able to tell whatever story, be able to tell a story just because they're, it's like, that's such a, like such a shallow way of examining it, but that's the only way she was like that the character was able to examine it throughout mm -hmm. the story. Yeah. But like you say, it is an interesting discussion to have. Should like, those stories only be told by yeah. those who are, you know, have like the, the own voices. Like um, I'm sure, I'm sure if like a white person, went and married like married somebody that was Asian or like submerged herself into like an Asian culture and then like found out about this tragedy and then wrote a story about it and had seen all these like the way that it had affected these communities throughout history throughout the last hundred years or 80 years, then they would then and wrote an amazing story about it, then I don't think people would have a problem with it. But she didn't do that. She just stole somebody's work and passed it off as right. And couldn't right. get that through her head of like and she would say things like, "Oh, I like I did all my research and yeah, you read and like she felt like she felt like ways. she worked really hard on it because she did all the editing and she took the un the unfinished things and turned it into a story and like thus it was hers and 
But like, yeah, and, and ghostwriters do that all the time, right? Like, and that's like a semi-valid, I mean, I know people have their issues with ghostwriters, but like, I don't think many people think it's like a morally bad thing to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if anything, they would say that the ghostwriter deserves more credit than they gen generally get. But like, she could have said, hey, I ghostwrote the rest of Athena Lou's story. Let's publish it under her name and give me, you know, like, she'll still make a ton of money from it. She could have easily yeah. done that and like, nobody would have had an issue. I, I, I don't think people have had an issue yeah. with it. I wonder if that would have been as compelling of a fictional story to read. No, it wouldn't have been. But like, if we're right. if we're going on like some mature ways to handle these type of subject, there are ways that like a not self-absorbed racist person could have handled that situation that would have made it okay. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, but I mean, obviously, this the story yeah. really gets legs once you know she becomes super self-absorbed and continues to try to run the scam and... but, but that's what i mean that's kind of when it lost me a little bit because that's when i stopped caring about mm. her getting caught so i don't know if for me i feel like it would have been more compelling had she continued to be made out to be a somewhat likable character right So, like if at some point she did own up to it and then like something else happened and we had to kind of decide what we thought of her and like maybe up until the end it remains kind of ambiguous and it's like what yeah, we, like maybe what do we maybe make she, of this? Maybe she did come clean to her agent or her publisher, and then they like pressure her into not going public with it because mm -hmm. they want the money too. And then so she, you know, I mean, like I just feel like something more to make her yeah. a little bit more, uh, make me care about her a little bit more, right? right. Would have kept, would have kept that uh, intensity that I felt at the beginning of the story going. Yeah. Like maybe if by the end of the story, I finish it and I'm kind of like on the fence, like, you know, obviously what was done at the face value was bad, but she like seems to be somewhat of a good person. And she's like trying to do these things. And, and I come away from it and I'm like, not really sure. And then I go back and watch a YouTube video breakdown where it like outlines all the racist things. And then I'm like, Oh, like, Holy crap. Like this is actually really, really bad. And like, I didn't even realize how bad it was. And like, you know, that maybe makes me reflect more as a person. And we talked about like how we did that a little bit, but at the same time, by the time the book was over, it was so obvious that this was bad that like, you know, it's, it's kind not of like, quite as powerful. It's kind of like Breaking Bad where I haven't rewatched it, but I've kind of heard this experience from a lot of people that rewatch it. Like when you, like for the first while, the first time you watch Breaking Bad, you're like rooting for Walter White and you're like, you know, hoping he gets away with it. Mm -hmm. But then when you go back on a rewatch and watch it, you're just like, no, this guy is a terrible person. Like from the start, he is a bad person, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, but with that perspective, you're able to like see the, all the terrible things that he does from the mm -hmm. beginning and maybe ha had it been a little bit more like that. So it's almost like we're saying if June was more of an anti-hero rather than a straight up villain, mm. it would be, and maybe she still is a villain, but she's more like masked as an anti-hero, right? Yeah. And so you don't realize how villainous she is until a reread or until, you know, really thinking about it rather yeah. than, you know, she's a straight up villain. Like, which again, Babel yeah. does this really, really well. Right. It's almost like Rebecca Kwong wrote this really, really well on Babel. And then it was like, huh, I want to explore these similar theme, thing, mm -hmm. themes in a more accessible format and wrote, wrote this. I'm sure that's not what happened, but it's kind of what it seems like to me. Yeah. 
Um, I'll say other other things to mention. The prose itself and the writing is is really good. Oh, top notch. Yeah. I mean, as I was reading, I, I just felt like, you know, I don't often read a book where I'm like, this is going to sound really conceited. I don't often read a book where I'm like, this person's just like way smarter than I am. Like sometimes I'll read them like, dang, like this person's really good. Like this time I was like, you know, obviously she's just like clever, way more clever, way, way smarter with everything she's doing. And maybe that was part of the reason why I kind of end it a little frustrated because I just feel like she's capable of a lot more as far as, you know, the hard hitting themes. And like, obviously we see what was attempted and, you know, what is largely a successful fulfillment of what she's trying to do. But I think we both feel like it could have been more subtle, a little, you know, stronger at the end if uh, some of these adjustments were made. But as you're reading through it, you're like, dang, like Rebecca Kwong has the talent to do any of this stuff because she's obviously a fantastic writer. Mm -hmm. and, and it is hard because what might be subtle to somebody might not be, might be blaringly obvious to others first and might not be yeah. a big deal at all to other to yeah. get others you know what i mean and so that is a hard line to walk so she did a good job i, I don't yeah I don't... especially with you know themes of racism obviously people are coming at that from a lot of different backgrounds mm -hmm. so our experience you know, your experience is different than my experience which is different than lots of other experiences so yeah obviously a tough thing to do but yeah i do agree with you that i think I think Babel did a better job and that obviously illustrates that maybe this one also could have been a little yeah. harder hitting. Yeah. And Babel had a much bigger cast of characters that were able to demonstrate like different things like the right. racism. I, I, again, I go read Babel because I still think that that's a, like a top notch book that explores some of these themes and that, but it had a lot more characters. Some of the, them could be racist in these ways, others racist in these ways, yet others were, had other issues. You know what I mean? So I think that, this book, with the way it was structured, the one-person viewpoint, the how fast it was, it couldn't get into all that. And so instead, it took more of a surface-level approach, which is fine in some ways, but disappointing. Mm -hmm. and it's simple, but it almost felt like it was Rebecca Kwong's like, frustration with the publishing industry and you know just different themes that she's getting into, right? And, and I think that's interesting to read, but yeah. maybe it could have been a little more subtle couched a, a little bit more in some i don't know additional characters or like it was just a very you know straightforward story and that that's all it was meant to be and obviously it was not you know the same level of intricacy that we got in or length uh that we got in babel which i think we're both gonna say was a better book yeah uh the, the last thing what what did you think about it as a critique we haven't talked about this too much but of the publishing industry as a whole, uh, you know, I read a bunch of like, oh, it's a hard hitting look at the publishing and mm -hmm. stuff like that. What what did you think? I mean, I don't know, because I have no experience with the yeah. publishing industry, but it sure seems like this is a very crappy experience that, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously brought upon herself, uh, you know, by June. Right. However, like it, it really seems like a crappy career to be in if you yeah. publish a book and are like, always looking over your shoulder to what internet troll is going to tear you apart. That, that really sucks no matter what book you're publishing. And I hope authors don't feel like that as much as we saw here. And maybe part of that was because of just how self-absorbed and psychotic the main character was. And 
And because of how guilty she felt over this and was like disguising it all, maybe that's why that was such a focus. But, you know, I, I really hope publishing a book is not this terrible of an experience for the average author. It kind of sounds like it is, though. <laughs> Honestly, for people that have gone self-published, like, I don't know, hearing all of Sanderson's stories about how, like, we, we took that uh, class a few times. Mm -hmm. And you can go watch it on YouTube, but where he does talk about setting some expectations if you try and go the um, traditional publishing route and well i mean as far as the money involved like I, I yeah i think we've heard enough about that to understand but i'm just talking about from like a from a job satisfaction slash emotional yeah. health perspective like i really hope that that is just unique to the circumstances of this story and the average author isn't going through that but maybe you know maybe that's part of the critique uh, of the publishing industry as far as how they handle uh, authors of race, right? Like maybe that is what we're getting into a bit where there are, I mean, obviously there are a lot of internet trolls that are going to come after authors who try to represent anything that's not white. Like uh, I, I would not be surprised. Like I'm sure that happens a lot. I'm sure people deal with that. And, and that's why I said earlier, like I think being an author is an interesting career because you're kind of putting yourself out there and you're like, a name and a celebrity and a person, but at the same time, you're, like you're just writing books and like you're taking home a modest salary. And so it's interesting to think that internet trolls are really going to come after you as hard as they do, but I'm sure they do. I mean, we've seen people come after us and we just like review books and we don't even like do anything that interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it is true. And, and I, I think it is easy to say like, just, Oh, ignore it. And which I, I think, you know, we hardly ever get, super mean comments or anything mm -hmm. you have a few videos that we did on like the wheel of time that got a ton and for me it is easy to kind of ignore but i don't i'm not bombarded with them all day every day you know what i mean it's like more discreet like oh this week this video is popping off and people are upset yeah about by popping off i mean like getting a couple thousand views compared to our right normally right. 100 views you know what i mean like so and i don't know yeah. yeah i mean a few points to that like obviously the internet is an echo chamber and it's a very small segment that amplifies all kinds of voices and you don't have to be qualified at all to go after someone and that really sucks for people uh, for authors especially I think as they try to get their work out there Two, you know what we're doing is just a small time hobby and when people come after us we're just like yeah yeah you know whatever like we spent a few hours doing this and if you don't like it like I kind of understand that like we're obviously not professional like I kind of agree, like, we're not always right about stuff. So you're valid to say that you think we're stupid or whatever, like, on some level, that's true. However, I think if you're an author, and you put and you, your yeah. heart and soul into something, yeah. and especially, you know, if you're writing from, if you're writing about something that's got a lot of emotional weight behind it, like you're writing some representation of your background, or getting mm -hmm. into themes that are really important to you, like race, or like I've talked about the book that I want to write one day, which I'm going to put a lot of themes of disability in, which I'm really passionate about because of my life experience. Like if I, you know, I'm going to say, you know, there's some similarities there. Like if, if I was a person of color and I put a book out there that was really, that, that had a lot of uh, racial themes that were really close to me, you know, if I ever get my book out there that has a lot of disability themes that are really close to me and that, you know, people come after me for that, which honestly, they would because the internet is a terrible place and people are going to do that. Like, that's really going to be tough. And you can say, like you said, like you can tell people, oh, just don't pay attention. But that's really hard yeah. to not pay attention to. I, I, I guess. 
I guess. I I, I think the thing is, she didn't, again, going back to the characters in this book, she didn't try, right? She gave into all of it um, for the most part. There was that one night where she just got like drunk and turned off her phone. And that was like the most that she ever escaped from it. Yeah. But like, you can just uninstall Twitter and just not check. Like you can, nobody, nobody's going to recognize you. No, like when you're out on the street, she hadn't yeah. reached that level of fame, you know? Obviously like, there's ways to deal with it. Like, but, but we she see a lot even, of authors yeah. like tweet out their one star reviews and laugh about it. And yeah. I think but, but, with like enough, you know, uh, yeah. mental health counseling, uh, you can, you know, deal with criticism and negativity, thing, which yeah. will come. And again, the thing is she kind of reveled it as a character. She, you know, it, it took it, it was almost like validating for her mm-hmm. and like in, in some perverse way to like have. Yeah, this. it was like she knew she was guilty and she knew she needed to be punished. Yeah. And so she was like seeking it out almost. Right. I think that's like, that's a more interesting discussion. Right. As to what happened in the book. I think yeah. on some level that is definitely the case. And that was like we said, we wanted more subtle themes. I think that's something that's, for sure. That was a subtle oh, theme. Yeah. We could have talked about more. Yeah. Whereas I think if you're genuinely um, more passionate about something that's getting roasted online or or whatever, not even roasted, but like that have people critiquing it, then like you can go talk to a therapist about it and you can be like, they can give you strategies for like, hey, this mm-hmm. is how you can disengage. And and she, and again, it just goes back to that. She didn't want that because she's, you know, <laughs> kind of right. is my is my read of it, which might not be accurate, but. Well, definitely some interesting things here. Hopefully we represented our thoughts well enough on some of these you know, touchy subjects. And if you feel that we didn't, um, you know, maybe attack us in the comments, give us a reason to turn off, turn off the YouTube comments or notifications. Or like, I don't know, nicely provide some critiques or like your experiences to um, assist us in our quest to be more open-minded. Yeah. Again, shouting out that with Cindy channel, she gave a really good review um, of it. I think it's the first, I think it's the first one that pops up when you, like YouTube, yellow Facebook review, but, um, mm-hmm. and shout out Rebecca Kwong. She, she, it was, she did a great job, uh, in a lot of aspects of the book and, and is a great author. And she has announced some future books and is obviously, you know, has a great career going and I'm looking forward to her future stuff. That sounds like the next thing she's doing is a like decades to centuries long look at, uh, Chinese history, um, like from the cultural revolution up until, the Bush years is what is how wow. she's described it, and it's like through kind of the lens of one family, so you get to see how you know how things have progressed, and and it's also apparently a fantasy book, so um, you know I'm always we're always, always down to see for that. that. <laughs> always yeah. down for that. Cool. Uh, well, thanks, Josh. Thanks, Stephen. See you later.